When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah! 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 The growl is weak today, AK. Everybody knows I've been down with the sickness that we all know that has been affecting our country. So today is one of those days. Yesterday was a good day. Today was a bad day. But I'm okay. I'm here. And it's good to see you. Well, this is, by the way, you mentioned Clinton, Anna Kamenetsky, Clinton Yates, in for Mason in Ireland. Like, you're dealing with your recovery process. You are in one place. I'm in one place. Lindsay, who is uh, taking over for corporate Greg today, she's in another place. We are just going YOLO with this last <laughs> show of 2022. Yes, like, and today was a bit chaotic as well because of the programming and everything, but we're all here. Oh, you know yeah. The, saying? Like, the, we're here. The granddaddy of them all, the Mayo Bowl. Uh, we, we were waiting for that to end in the post game. But we are today truly putting the effort in effort Friday. <laughs> hey, man, it's the end of 2022. Arguably, it's not that it's longer than 2020, but it feels like it was longer than 2021 because we're sort of out of everything. But all this stuff happened. It was the first sort of normal year after we all got back, and it's taken forever to come to a close. So Yeah, I mean, not to go too far down like a, a philosophical road because I know like discussions about the pandemic and stuff like that is not what people are tuning in for, but just the idea of what is normal now. The like, pandemic. The pandemic. What does normal mean moving forward? I think is going to be a really interesting thing to see like in this country, globally, all of that. But I agree with you. We are moving back to something closer to what we used to define normal, and it's great. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely different. Let's not get it twisted. Like, the globe is different, but, you know, we're, folks are back outside, for lack of a better term. But at the same time, sometimes it doesn't go great. That's why I'm sitting in my house for four <laughs> days in a row. So. Well, I'll tell you right now, something that feels different is uh, LeBron, who turns 38 today. Happy birthday to LeBron James. Happy day, LeBron Raymond James. Yes, uh, the big 3-8. And uh, coming up during the show, I've got some um, I've got some factoids and trivia that I think will put in perspective just how amazing it is that LeBron James is still playing at the level that he's at in the Lakers tonight play in Atlanta against the Hawks. Uh, pre-game coverage for that begins at 3 o'clock. We'll be taking you up to that. Alan Sliwa, Michael Thompson. And one thing's for sure, Clinton, win or lose, and there's a lot going on with the Lakers that we're going to get into, a lot going on with LeBron. Yeah. 38th birthday in Atlanta with no game until Monday. Oof. LeBron's going to have a good birthday. That's a fun time, bro. I mean, ATL, shawty. I don't know about y'all, but I've been down there a couple times. My sister went to college in Atlanta. I got down there for the Celebration Bowl a couple times. Atlanta, tremendous party town in America, no doubt about it. I'm happy for LeBron. It's a great place to be. And they got birthday. they got no game on uh, they got no game on Sunday, meaning they don't even have a reason to leave until s- Sunday morning, something like that, Sunday afternoon. 
Okay. You know, the Lakers may not be – Rob Palinka and, you know, Kurt Rambis and the Brain Trust may not be able to deliver LeBron the the trade acquisition that he wants, but they can give him definitely give him a birthday, if nothing else. They can, they yeah. can give him an extra day in Atlanta. Nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. So, as we know, LeBron, um, after the loss in Miami, uh, wasn't even so much asked, Clinton – about kind of the state of affairs with the Lakers and where he stands right now, as much as the door was slightly opened and he clearly wanted to go there. So he took the conversation there and talking about, you know, what it means to be playing at 38. And among the things he said was, quote, I'm a winner and I want to win. I want to win and give myself a chance to win, still compete for championships. That's been my passion and goal since I entered the league as an 18-year-old kid out of Akron, Ohio. I know the steps to take it, it steps to get there, but once you get there and know how to get there, playing basketball at this level just to be playing basketball. He's talking about where the Lakers are right now. It's not in my DNA. It's not my DNA anymore. We'll see what happens, see how fresh my mind stays the next couple of years. And he went on to make it clear he doesn't want to be playing for the sake of playing. He wants to finish his career in the mix for championships because he knows what he still brings to the table. I thought this was weird, AK. Like, it was a little existential. And after he made the point earlier in the week about digging too much dirt on yourself to you know, finally start burying yourself, the tone from Braun is feeling... You know how when there's like a person you're in a relationship with and you don't necessarily want to just flat break up with them, but like you're growing apart in ways that aren't really changeable. It it just sort of feels like LeBron is kind of looking at all this and saying, I don't know how well I see this going. And so the words he uses, because, you know, AK, he's a very exacting guy. Yes, he is. He doesn't just say anything, have gotten to a level where you start to feel like, yo, is this really where he wants to be? I mean, to say that it's not in his DNA to be playing basketball, just to be playing basketball, I mean, that's arguably what's been happening for the past two seasons. So maybe he's coming to a realization that this is not working out the way that he wants to, and it's kind of tough to watch right now. You know, I know it's his birthday, so he's going to be happy, but, like, the state of the Lakers right now, and specifically the state of LeBron, does not feel anything other than moving at, like, sort of a glacial pace, personally. Well, I mean, it's an ex- what's interesting about this is it's an extension of what he signed his extension from. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really that much different than last season other than, you know, I think the vibes around the team in terms of the way they all get along is better. You know, I think there is more buy-in right now for Darvin Ham than there was the last season with Frank Vogel. Certainly. But – Insofar as what you're playing for, what it feels like you're accomplishing, you still have Russell Westbrook. He's playing better now coming off the bench, but he's still an awkward fit. You still have a supporting cast that is oddly constructed, and you still have Anthony Davis dealing with health issues. So in a lot of ways, it's like LeBron signed up for deja vu all over again. And, and you know what the weird thing, too, about it is, AK as well, is that all the games feel very similar in a certain way. The third quarter woes are awkward, so you watch the first half, they're kind of around, third quarter happens, and then it's kind of a non-game and guys start getting numbers. It's like it's not just the results on the table. Watching the basketball is not really that inspiring at all. And, you know, AD being out kind of gives you a caveat for everything, but 
you know, I've said this before. I'm looking at the Lakers in the post-LeBron situation right now. And I'm not just saying that in panic mode. I'm saying that because, like, this doesn't really add up. We've talked about this plenty of times, AK. Like, there's no real solution. These guys aren't just floating around waiting for the Lakers to come calling them and then they can just get onto the team and suddenly turn into a championship squad. That's not real. There aren't that many good players in the NBA that aren't already on other teams to let that happen. And so, for me, the entire roster has to be different for the Lakers to start playing like a modern NBA organization. And unfortunately – the position they put themselves in right now is not that. And that's why it's so static and that's why it's so awkward because you don't see any real possibility for them to just improve no matter how much people talk about it as if it's just an obvious, you know, necessity. Oh, it, absolutely. I mean, like the question of what can they do and what should they do are very different questions. Like, you know, what what should they do is more about like the overarching question of, you know, the direction of this franchise moving forward, what can they do, honestly, right now is pretty damn limited. Like, they they don't have a lot that they can work with to try to make a drastic move for this season, regardless of whether or not you actually think it's a smart thing to do. Like, you know, the question of what they should do at this point in the season, you know, multiple games below 500 with Anthony Davis – returning whenever <laughs> I mean nobody nobody seems to have definitely out that's never a good word indefinitely out um the update it took a week to get an injury update of stress injury which is incredibly vague like I could have told you he had a stress injury right I I watched him put too much stress on that foot like I mean like if if you had been playing basketball Clinton mm-hmm. hurt your foot went and saw a doctor had to get second opinions, third opinions, whatever. And then a week later, we're told you had a stress injury. You'd be mad. You'd be like, dude, I know that. I told you that when I came in right. here. That's not doctoring. I don't need a degree to learn that. <laughs> no. He's got a jacked up foot. That, that we know. <laughs> I mean, I think there's also the issue with him, too. Like, long term, how bad is that problem? It's not just nicks and cuts. It's like that's an actual – you know, kinetic chain injury that's going to affect his, not just his ability to get on the court, but how he plays as well. But the unfortunate thing about it is that, like, there's nothing wrong with how they started this process, signing up with Planet LeBron. The problems came when they started tinkering, and then everything got affected, therefore. And so it started well, they overdid it, and now they're in a position that's frankly untenable, and I'm not going to say embarrassing because I don't, I don't, necessarily know that but it's I don't even know the word it, it just seems like there's a level of kind of incompetence that is really affecting this franchise that's obvious but nobody wants to talk about it like you're exactly right what you could do and what you should do are so far apart right now and the level of expectations that Lakers fans exist in is nowhere near reality and that that affects the team you know and so I don't know man it, it's it's tough to watch because I think these fans deserve better there's going to be a reckoning for the Lakers, and I think it's going to happen after LeBron is done and not while he's here, quite frankly. Well, that okay, it's interesting you say that because the way I see it right now, the Lakers have four choices in front of them in terms of what they can do right now, which you know that question has grown magnified after LeBron said the things that he did. They can make a fairly inconsequential around-the-margins move where maybe you give up Patrick Beverly because he's, he's the only mid-sized – contract they have much less mid mid-size and expiring Kendrick Nunn maybe a second round pick you get a role player who maybe can fill a need or two 
that is expiring after this season. There's no commitment beyond this year. And you try to put some type of Band-Aid on it. But it's it's a fairly non-committal move. You can look to trade Russ, the two picks, everything you have as, I think, a move that is more about next season than this season. And you're basically just starting the process of continuity and chemistry building for next year now. And wherever it takes you this season, it takes you. You could stand pat because you recognize that this season is too far gone. And you also think that with Russell Westbrook off the books, around 30-ish million in cap space, still having the the two first-round picks in 27 and 2029 and maybe the draft day pick on 2023 to play with, you have more options in front of you to try to build a quality roster for LeBron and AD next year. It's not ideal, but it's your best option. Or option four. Option four is you do nothing this year because you recognize the writing is on the wall for the LeBron and AD era, and it is time to move beyond it, whatever that means, however you're going to do it. I think that's the option that makes the most sense. I mean, I mean, let's be real here. The Lakers are like five seasons behind development-wise to the best franchises in the NBA. And so if you don't think that you're that good, what's the point of changing a bunch of stuff if the ceiling isn't as high as you think? I mean, look, bringing guys onto a team and jettisoning them back and forth isn't just about talent. It's about bringing people together, the ability to make a team, figuring out whether or not guys actually even like each other to try to build something so that you can, you know, progress. That hasn't happened. It it sort of feels like it's always a new cast. It's always a difficult gel option. And that's affected this team the last two seasons. And for me, I'm looking at around the league. I'm looking at this talent level. I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to have a bunch of hectic activity with a new coach just to say that I did something when in reality what you're trying to build is stability. I don't necessarily know that you're going to be able to pull off the moves you think you can in order to get to where you want to be. It's rebuild time, man. Sometimes you got to let the weeds grow on the farm so the soil can regenerate. I kind of think that's where we are right now. Okay, that that's a really interesting question, Clinton, um, because you used the R word, R word rebuild, and that is not something – that this organization traditionally has ever had any type of stomach for, would they actually be willing to do that? We'll talk about that coming in next. Also, too, some milestones that really put in perspective just how long LeBron has been doing this and how amazing it is to be playing at this level at age 38, 20 seasons in. Andy Kamenetsky, Clinton Yates, in for the guys, Mason Ireland, 710 ESPN. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight 
S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Happy 38th birthday to LeBron James. Born December 30th, 1984. He's uh, celebrating his birthday in Atlanta with the Lakers. Uh, They're playing the Hawks. Uh, Pre-game coverage begins at 3 o'clock. The tip at 4.30. Andy Kamenetsky, Clinton Yates, in for the guys, and before we get to that question, Clinton, that we were just talking about yeah. with would the Lakers actually have the stomach to trade LeBron this offseason, trade Anthony Davis this offseason, go into full rebuild mode, which I think you can make a very pragmatic, realistic argument is really their best option. Well, I mean, it's more than a rebuild of the team. This is what I'm getting at. It's a rebuild of the process and the operation. I mean, these days in the NBA, you've got a smart person running the front office who knows what they're doing, and that's that. I mean, you look at the Warriors, you look at other teams around there, you don't have a committee of you know, family and friends making all your decisions as a team that leads you into all sorts of inequity. This is bigger than the team. And I'm not saying that the franchise is inept. I'm just saying that the method of operation that they've been using just doesn't work in the modern NBA anymore. The idea of just getting a star, figuring it out, and building around them, that requires a lot of luck. And unfortunately, the Lakers have none of those stars. All those stars are on other teams, AK, and that's a finite number of human beings. So they've got to figure out how to run a real operation here and not just try to pluck somebody that's a generational talent and say, okay, everything's going to be all good. That just doesn't work anymore in the NBA. Forget this team. The operational method of the franchise is something that needs a major adjustment to the modern era. That's actually a great point, just the idea of a true franchise rebuild that's right. beyond the court. But before even getting further into that, I, I mentioned before, I, I was looking up some stuff that really puts in perspective how long LeBron has been playing, what it means to be doing this at age 38, 20 seasons in. And I've gotten some signposts in like pop culture, sports culture, stuff like that from both his birth date, the year he was born, 1984, and also when he made his debut, October 30th, 2003. But beginning with 1984, the number one movie of the week when LeBron Ramon James was born, Clinton, okay. Beverly Hills Cop. Look at that. Beverly Hills Cop. The For the year, the top five grossing movies of 1984 were Ghostbusters, which is so long ago it's been rebooted with Harold Ramis' deceased character as a grandfather. <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which has a new incarnation coming out where Harrison Ford looks like he could be somebody's great-grandfather. Right. Gremlins, Karate Kid, which again, so long ago, it's been rebooted with those characters as adults now in Cobra Kai. 
and Police Academy. Man, those are old school classicos. Yes. All the way up and down the board with Police Academy perhaps being one of my favorite on that list. Can't, <laughs> can't watch that now. You know no. What I'm saying? Like, those no. jokes do not fly. It's not aged well. Me. Some Police Academy, though. Dude, you literally just named like 10 of the best movies of the – how many did you name right there? A bunch of the Eight? best movies of the 80s that I can remember. Not to go too far down the rabbit hole of movie geekery because I, I will always do it. 84 was a good year in movies, just period. It was good. Number one song, The Week LeBron Was Born, December 30th, 1984, Like a Virgin, which had just bumped Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go <laughs> from the number one spot, which was about a month removed from bumping Caribbean Queen from the number one spot. Caribbean Queen! Banger! Yes. This was the number one song of the week when LeBron was born. TV shows debuting in 1984 around LeBron's birth. The Cosby Show. Okay. Charles in Charge. Who's the Boss? Highway to Heaven, Miami Vice, and a few months later in 1985, Moonlighting. Shows that went off the air around when LeBron was born. Happy Days, Three's Company, and Clinton. Do you remember this? The short-lived Pryor's Place, Richard Pryor's... <laughs> Kid show. Richard Pryor did a kid show I in barely remember that. I was I mean, I was largely non sentient in nineteen eighty four because mm-hmm. I was born in nineteen eighty one, so I probably wasn't like doing anything other than, you know, burping and pooping. But mm-hmm. like I I know that name. I don't remember that show. I remember it. <laughs> if you can find uh Jorge the theme to Pryor's place, it's so not Richard Pryor. Like just the idea of doing a kid show with Richard Pryor is Insane. So is what you're saying here, AK, that LeBron basically ushered in the modern era of media with his birth? Yes. All these things you've mentioned just remind me of a time completely gone by. Yeah. HD, you know, analog. Like, it it just kind of feels like all that stuff being behind LeBron. I guess I never really put it into perspective in terms of how old he is. You oh, know? This is how I, I love putting stuff in perspective, like passage of time right. through like these type of signposts. 84 in sports, Walter Payton broke Jim Brown's rushing record. The Celtics beat the Lakers in the NBA Finals, which resulted in the whole tragic Johnson nickname. <laughs> Donald Sterling relocated the Clippers from San Diego to L.A. during that summer. Is technically part of the 1983 season, but in 1984, Los Angeles, your then L.A. Raiders won the Super Bowl behind MVP Marcus Allen. And then finally, L.A. hosted a little event called the 1984 Olympics. My God. That's like standard def. Oh, that's a good jingle. Okay. Do we know who wrote that? Uh, I can look it up right now. I'd love to know. There's a little kid jumping, skipping rope in the side in the sidewalk, with an with an older man who's not Richard Pryor. I don't know <laughs> who that is, <laughs> but you know they're double dutching together, starring Richard Pryor. Two kids are on the sidewalk, dribbling. Uh, it also stars the Croft puppets. There's a policeman chasing these kids. So wait, there were puppets in this show? Oh yeah, Pat Morita was guest starring Marla Gibbs. Oh man, this is a real legend group. Marla yes. Gibbs is like one of my favorite people on oh, Earth. Oh yes, Pat Morita, aka Mr. Miyagi, great dude. You got you've got a character right here right now that looks exactly like Eric Lasalle in Coming to America. <laughs> like same hairstyle <laughs> with, the, with the juice. Yep, popped collar. That's oh great. wow, Sid and Marty Croft did this show. 
Okay. That sounds like fun. <laughs> it was a very strange fit. Later in the show, I got some stuff from 2003 uh, when LeBron made his debut, which, again, I think still puts this all in perspective. It's amazing, Clinton, that wow. he's st- – like, say what you will about whether LeBron can truly be the number one on a championship team anymore. Like, I, I don't think he actually can at this point in his career, which is not a knock on him. Nobody can at 38. Right. Um, you know, what we're seeing from him in relative athletic decline, but doing what he's doing right now is – it's insane. Oh, are you kidding me? He's still banging on people all over the shop. Do you see that lob that AR threw to him the other day? It was like it was still 10 years ago. The man is a stallion. Let's not, you know, there's no debating that. Whether or not the relative competitive level of the Lakers is one thing is a different matter from who LeBron James is as a person. Let me be clear. Outside of, say, mm, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams, and they play individual sports, I just don't think – and this includes Tom Brady. I don't know that we're going to see another player or person, AK, that has the impact on their sport in the globe that LeBron has. Not in this lifetime. I mean, this guy is what the modern NBA is. Think about everything he's done on the court, who he is just as a general person. You remember when he fired his agents like year two, and he was like, I'm bringing my boys. And everyone was like, uh, okay, LeBron, you're biting off a little bit more than you can chew. Next thing you know, he signs a lifetime contract with Nike, and everyone's like, oh, right. Your boys are smart. Like, well beyond the court of basketball, it's hard to describe what LeBron James' impact is on America. And people hate him because basically ever since he was 15, he's never really done anything wrong wrong. The decision is one thing. But he's a stand-up dude, too. And so I I think it's a really awkward moment for a lot of Lakers fans who legitimately have an issue with this team and how he's pursuing an individual um, record. But at the same time, you can't be mad at LeBron himself. This guy's doing everything he can, no doubt about it. You you know, you mentioned all – the the bringing in his friends to ultimately become his team, right? And you know, LeBron, I think you know he's talked about a lot as you know basketball intelligence. He's one of the smartest on court athletes we'll ever see. Absolutely, but, but he's a smart guy, and he surrounds himself with smart people. And like you know, when when it first began, you know, began Rich Paul and Maverick Carter and Randy Mims and those guys, like there were bumps, you know, like the the decision was clumsily executed and like the blowback that they got they should have seen coming like what what to me was so surprising about it is that they really did not anticipate it you know i mean i've I've talked to people who were around caa at that time and they had been warned by a few people like i this is not a good idea and they did it anyway and you know i remember i I wrote a piece for, uh, for espn years ago years ago right before the decision just saying like this feels like you are setting up like an exercise in just cruelness. Like you're basically breaking up with Cleveland on TV. But to LeBron's credit, name the missteps since then. Because that's a long time ago, and this dude has been public for a long time. Right, and I don't really know that I would qualify it as a misstep other than kind of a miscalculation. I mean, yeah. he raised a bunch of money for the Boys and Girls Club. He didn't lie about it. He, he took the stage. It was a big deal, and he – came straight forward with it. You know, people burning jerseys and all that kind of revealed who folks were in terms of fans. Oh, yeah, that's really too cared much. About. But, I mean, it, it was it was a decision that 
you know, no pun intended, that a lot of people wouldn't have made in terms of that actual production. But at the same time, like, you got to think about the time it was then. Like, big TV productions for stuff like that were what people cared about. Like, sure. folks watched that. It wasn't like it went under the radar. It was a big deal. And so I'm not mad at him for stepping up to the moment. To be quite honest, I thought the way that he acted in the pep rally with the heat yes. after that yes. was a tad more obnoxious than, you know, anything that had to do with the decision. The, you know? the monster truck rally right. down in Miami? Precisely. Yeah, that again, like, that period – like and that was LeBron. That was really ultimately LeBron doubling down, like on the back on the backlash. And you know right. he tried wearing the black hat for a little while, and he didn't like it, which is understandable. Most people like to be liked. You know, like Kobe really marketed the idea of being unlikable. That's really hard and unpleasant to do. It's not easy. Yeah. No, most people don't want that. No, very true. All right, we will uh, later on get into this question of just. Should the Lakers blow it up? Would they even have the stomach to do it? But coming up, wheel of questions. Somebody yes. has to show me uh, where this wheel is, how to spin it. I have no. I got you. Okay, thank you, all right. Yeah. Uh, Andy Kamenetsky, Glinton Yates, in for the guys, Mason Island, 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I've got the question for Wheel of Questions. Yeah, today. I know. All right. <laughs> What's up, Lindsay? Right. What's up, guys? What's up, well, fool? Yeah, so tomorrow <laughs> is uh, New Year's Eve, so I figured I would ask you guys, who made a positive difference in your life this past year? Andy, you go first. Hmm. Positive difference in my life this year. I mean, the obvious answer is always my daughter. Just, Aww. I mean, it's, it's the truth. I mean, just... It's adorable raising her and just seeing our relationship grow is the most significant and meaningful thing in my life. Um, so, I mean, at the risk of sounding totally cheesy or whatever, that's the answer. Oh, okay. Um, I think my answer, this is going to sound a little weird. I think it's Dusty Baker. Like his, how do I say this? His path to the top has taken many, many years, and his resilience, and I was at the World Series, and I'm sort of relatively close with his family, like just seeing who he was, kind of finally make it through, finally make it over the hump, and seeing him so praised and so forth, it really kind of reminded me of like, what a lot of people in this country are doing, man. You don't always get the easy cash. You don't always get the quick win. Like sometimes it'll take an entire career. That man is 73 years old, the oldest man to ever win a World Series as a manager. And like that kind of stick to is not something we see a whole lot of in America these days, AK. You know what I'm saying? This dude went in and out of baseball. I, I don't know. I just feel like 
his story personally was really a motivator for a lot of what you know we could or could not be doing. Yeah, I mean, to put this in perspective, he managed the Astros to a World Series, and obviously that's not going to sit well with a lot of Dodger fans, and I get it, we don't need to rehash it all. But the reaction I at least saw around L.A. or on Twitter or whatever was, I think, a lot more gentle than it would have been had that team been managed by anybody other than Dusty Baker. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, just between his ties to the Dodgers and I think people just recognizing he deserves this, he earns this, you know, he earned it, and the way he has just presented himself throughout this entire career and time in baseball, it's hard to get mad at that man. Completely relegitimized that franchise and in many ways reminded everybody why they like baseball to begin with. It's because of guys like Dusty, big personalities who knew how to affect teams, knew the game well enough, and provided a little drama. That guy is just one of the coolest dudes in America. And, you know, being at the World Series really kind of reminded me of how much stuff he's seen. He's like a sports Forrest Gump. He's been through all sorts of things in the baseball world. And I, <laughs> That's a great I really analogy. Like it. It's true. You know, he was on deck when Hank Aaron hit the big homer to um, break the record. Oh, Obviously, I didn't know that. He's, you know, he, yeah, he managed Barry Bonds as well as Sosa and a bunch of other stars. And – he invented the high five along with the man whose name I'm forgetting who played for the Dodgers as well. Dusty's been everywhere forever. Top five toothpick uh, bearer of all time? I mean, top five. Are you naming four other people that are better than Dusty? Well, toothpicks? I mean, I, I, my, my history and knowledge of all the great toothpick bearers uh, over our, our lifetime and the history of this world, I don't know. I mean, it seems like he'd be easily top five. Do you think he's number one? Yes, I think he's top one until somebody names me somebody else because I don't think I can't think of anybody still rocking toothpicks these days that isn't like my uncle back in Southeast DC. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who's like buying Newports on the corner? Like that's I mean nobody famous is rocking toothpicks. Okay, uh, hit us up on Twitter set. at Cam Brothers or at Clinton Yates if you can think of anybody who rocks a toothpick better than Dusty Baker. I think you're Dossel. right. I think you're right. Uh, what else you got, Lindsay? I was going to say, you know, actually one time when, uh, back when Dusty Baker used to manage the Reds, they were in Cleveland a lot uh, with the, you know, the interleague play. That was like the only series they did. Um, and I got him a, I got him a box of tooth, toothpicks at the end of the season and he loved me for it. And I don't know just, anyone else. I don't know anyone else who uh, consumes toothpicks other than Dusty Baker. But Jorge, what's what's the answer to the will of question for you? Yeah, no, I'm gonna be with Andy on this one, especially because my daughter's four, and clearly you guys uh, can hear her when she says "What's up, fool?" Like I gotta be careful around how I talk to people now, and how I like talk around her, or 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 when people call me, like how they talk to me, because it's she's a sponge at this age, so you know, just trying to like manage it, like like I like it's it's funny how they say like kids don't come with a manual and i can clearly see that because no, they do not I, yeah i gotta be careful how i talk how i act around her so it's like her like make made me change a whole lot you know in these last four years so you know that's that's my answer do you yeah, think it's kind of so adorable may, may i ask you though jorge like do you think it's is it just an adjustment of behavior or have you looked at who you are a little differently as well? That's always an interesting question. With no, it's, it's just a whole. It's just in general, like as a whole, like, you, you know, I don't come home as late as unless I'm working. You know, I don't go out and drink like that anymore. Like I like right. you just change so many things about you. Like, you know, I rather spend time with my daughter now 
more so because she's growing and whatnot than than say go hang out with the guys you know on a friday night like no i'd rather spend time with her on friday night it's just different like it just changes it and then i've never like i've always had brothers brothers you know I've, there was never like a girl in my life besides my mom so right. now it's a little different because it's a girl and she's around me like, which i love it you know i just it's just one of those things I, i'd rather spend every single minute with her and teach her and show her like and and you know it's just it's just fun man it's just a little it's just different okay the only other toothpick guy that i in thinking about this doing google searches popped into mind for me marion cobretti a.k.a. Sly Stallone's character in a little movie called Cobra. <laughs> okay. I mean, come on. <laughs> what are we man. talking about? Throw that on that list with all those other old school things that were in standard definition that nobody remembers because they were too fuzzy to watch on television. I mean, Cobra? That's ancient. I love it. So the- oh, Razor Ramon. Forgot that. The oh, only- yeah. Oh, yeah. Razor Ramon. That's a big one. And then yeah, there was that's... a kid on Hard Knocks for the Rams who would, who would play with a toothpick all the time. I forget his name. It was one of the uh, – this young kid, I guess, in the practice squad. <laughs> the, I don't remember that. Yeah. There's a photo that came up in my Google search of Diddy with the toothpick. He does not pull it off. It's, oh, it's yeah, not working for Oh, yeah. Diddy did go on. through a toothpick yep. phase. Yep. I think he was just sort of moving into his, like, old black man phase and he wasn't really sure how to handle it you know what i'm saying like he was trying to figure out a way to indicate that he's a little too old to be doing all this other stuff but he was still doing it anyway i think that's where that came from yeah razor ramon's a good call Lindsay. he he strong strong toothpick game you got other questions no, that's all I got for real questions. By the way, <laughs> okay. well, we only, we only have one for, for yeah, real it's only questions. One question. Yeah, um, but real quick, I was noticing, you know, how we we came into the show from the mayo the mayo bowl. Oh yeah, and the winning coach gets mayo dumped over his head. <sighs> so like, what does the loser get? Because I feel like that's a losing, you know, something a loser should get is the mayo dumped <laughs> yes. over their head, right? <laughs> did he actually? Did they do the mayo dump? Yes. What, what happened? Yes. Yeah. It's disgusting. Look up at Duke's Mayo Bowl on Twitter, and it's just <laughs> even the Cheez Its Bowl. Like when they win, they get dumped Cheez Its on them and whatnot. So every bowl has their own little thing. Well, that's like how I feel about you know like the NBA All Star Game because the guys who make the team they should be the only ones who don't have to do anything over that break. It's like everybody who wasn't good enough to make the team gets the break, except for the best players. Like everybody else should be the ones who have to work during the All Star break, not like. LeBron and Giannis and like all the great players. I feel like they're the ones who were in the rest. Yeah. I mean, dude, so, sorry, separately, I'm stuck on the mayo. Like, <laughs> how long do you think it takes that smell to get out of your stuff? Ugh. You know what I mean? It's been sitting around. Do they refrigerate the mayo? Ugh. What mayo's, happens with the mayo? Mayo's good. No, it's not, especially dumped on top of you. Like, mayo's good to me in very, very, very small quantities. Not that, not certainly not that much mayo. That I'm Lindsay, you just sent a picture to us of the coach getting dumped on. That's like a bucket of that's like a Gatorade a huge bucket. bucket. Oh, yeah. oh, so he was like prepared for it though. I see he was like sitting down. Oh, he had the big hat on, big hat guy. I love the big hat. Yeah, I feel right. like they should put it on the loser though. Yes, yeah, right. absolutely, absolutely. It Why are we ignoring that creepy mascot of the mayo on the side there? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty gross. Oh, yeah, gross. That's when you Good feel Good for like... him for doing it, though, man. Not, mo- not many people step up and actually do that. I've seen a lot of coaches dodge this over the years. This is kind of a kind of a big move for Locks yeah. here to say, you know what, I can do this. All right. It's like, it's like if you go to the kids' choice thing with Nickelodeon. Like, you go up there knowing you're going to get slimed. Right. 
Go get slimed. Oh, but I'd rather have slime than mayo. That's yeah, sure. yeah I like slime is decent. Mayo slimed. is gross. Yeah. Like slime is not a condiment that congeals. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> mayo is nasty in large quantities in hot hot weather. No, thank you. All right, we're going to stay with the random weirdness. Uh, Bobcat coming up. Uh, some interesting Bobcat questions coming from Lindsay. Correct? You've got them? Because I sure don't. Got them, yeah. Of course Excellent. Good. Yes. All right. Andy Kamenetsky, Clinton Yates in for the guys. Mason and Ireland, 710 ESPN.